You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, this is Matt from the Explorers Podcast. I want to invite you to join me on the voyages and journeys of the most famous explorers in the history of the world. These are the thrilling and captivating stories of Magellan, Shackleton, Lewis and Clark, and so many other famous and not-so-famous adventures from throughout history. Go to explorerspodcast.com or just look us up on your podcast app. That's the Explorers Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to History of the Second World War, Episode 123, the September Campaign Part 15, Battle on the Bazura. This week, a big thank you goes out to Johan for the donation and to Sam Cannon Mark for choosing to support the podcast by becoming members. Supporting the podcast gets you access to ad-free versions of all of the podcast episodes. Head on over to historyofthesecondworldwar.com slash members to find out more. After the collapse of Polish defenses in the border regions, there were two primary directions that Polish troops would retreat. Those in northern Poland collapsed back towards the capital of Warsaw, and those in the south would retreat first to the Vistula and then on to Lwów. This episode will focus on the largest group of Polish troops which were retreating in the north, the remnants of army Poznan and Pomorsia. The troops of these two armies would launch the largest Polish counterattack of the entire campaign on September 9th to the west of Warsaw. The counterattack would experience some early success before grinding to a halt. Overall, it would not drastically alter the course of the campaign, and this has left the entire operation in one of those areas of the war which is presented drastically differently depending on which history you might be reading. Some historians present it as a smart move, catching the Germans by surprise, and while it did not completely change the course of events, it was still a worthwhile effort. Other historians just present it as a useless waste of lives and that it was foolish that it was ever considered. In my opinion, the attack never really had a chance of slowing the wider German advance. It, it was just too late for that. But the operation overall was the best use of Polish troops at the time it occurred. There were very few options available to Polish officers after the first week of the campaign. Most units would be forced to retreat, and they would find it impossible to stop that retreat once it started. Some kind of counterattack was the other option, and it at least had the opportunity of making a positive impact. One positive aspect of the attack that cannot be denied is that the Germans did not anticipate any action by the remaining Polish troops. Over the second week of September, German army leadership assumed that the Poles were evacuating as many troops either to Warsaw or further east. They did not expect any major fighting to the west of the Vistula after September 7th. All of this was purely assumption, though, because they didn't really have great information on Polish movements or Polish troop strength. One staff officer would write around this time that, quote, our information about the Poles is truly wretched. This caused them to completely discount the possibility of any Polish attack. On the Polish side, the commander of Army Poznan, General Kutsriba, had been advocating for a Polish attack basically since the start of the war. In the opening days of the German attack, he'd wanted to use his troops to attack south against the German units attacking towards Łódź. This request had been denied by the Polish general staff, and so Army Poznan had been forced to retreat to the east along with every other Polish army. The situation changed after Polish leadership had evacuated from Warsaw, and military leaders in northern Poland were largely able to choose their own path over the following days. This included Kurtzriba, who made a few observations about the larger picture of the campaign. 
He knew that he had the only Polish army that had made it through the first week of the invasion largely intact, with Army Posnan still having most of its units in good order. He also knew that as Army Posnan and Pomorsha were retreating south and east, they were running out of space, and there was a real chance that they would be cut off from further retreat to the capital, but before they could arrive in Warsaw. If this happened, the 150,000 troops of the combined Polish armies would have little to do other than surrender. Kurtzweba would choose a different path, and he would coordinate with General Bortnowski, who, who was still in command of what was left of Army Pomorsha. The general plan was for Army Poznan to launch the main attack, pushing south to hit the flank of the German units who were pushing to Warsaw. This would require attacking across the River Bajura, which is why the attack is called the Battle of the Bajura. While this was happening, Army Posnan would try and hold off any German attacks that could threaten the flanks or the rear of the primary effort that was moving south. Then after the initial attack, both armies would join together in a joint attack to push through any Germans on their way to Warsaw, where they would join whatever was left of their units to the Polish Defense Command that was already under command of the city. There were a few major challenges that the Poles would face in this endeavor. Many of their troops had been in, in heavy fighting since the start of the invasion, and all of them had spent over a week retreating. They had not been constantly on the move like many Polish units in southern Poland, but discipline and organization were far below what they would have been at the start of the war. The good news is that regardless of their readiness, there were a good number of them, 150,000 men spread over nine infantry divisions and two cavalry brigades. They would even have some air support, with Kutsriba retaining control of his fighter and reconnaissance squadrons even though all other Polish aviation units had been ordered south, away from the capital. The attacks would start on September 9th. Polish accounts of the start of this attack are full of a single sentiment. They were happy to be doing something, anything, other than retreating. One artilleryman would describe his battery as, quote, tired of the nine-day retreat, at last began shelling the enemy, and you should have seen them bustle about their guns. While one cavalry officer would write, quote, I experienced a very happy moment for the first time in the September campaign. We were no longer retreating. End quote. When the attack started, many Polish units would experience a new situation, actually having numerical superiority over the Germans. This was especially true in the center of the attack, where three infantry divisions and two cavalry brigades would attack. In some areas, the attack would experience early success, as the German units were caught completely by surprise and forced to retreat. In other areas, the defense would actually be quite stout. For example, in Uchitsa, the initial Polish attack by the Polish 25th Infantry Division would be stopped by the German defenders of the 46th Infantry Regiment. More units of the 25th Division would be brought in later in the afternoon, and another attack would be launched to eventually capture the town, but even this success was only possible because the German units were running short of ammunition. On the right flank of the attack, Polish cavalry units would attack the town of Unyeyov, and it would take until 8 p.m. before it was fully under Polish control. In general, the 9th was a day of success, though, with all of the Polish units committed to the attack, able to push across the Bajura River, and German units all along the area of the front being in retreat by nightfall. One German staff officer would later write that on the 9th, it was a day where bad news was just constantly rolling into headquarters, one piece after another. The setbacks of the day were the largest that the German army had encountered since the start of the campaign. 
There had been some points over the previous week where the German attacks had not met their goals. There had even been a few areas where Polish troops had successfully launched isolated counterattacks, but nothing even close to the scale of the attacks across the Bazura. On the 10th, the attacks would then continue, with Polish troops trying to continue the successes that they had made over the previous day. The second day of the attack would be critical if it was going to be able to have any sustained success, because less than 24 hours after the attack started, the Germans were already reacting. General von Rundstedt had already dispatched the 221st Infantry Division from the Army Group South Reserves to move north to provide reinforcements, then they would arrive late on the 10th. This gave the Polish attackers a brief window to continue their attacks, and they would throughout the day. Units of the 25th Infantry would push south from um, Wuchitsa, and the 14th Infantry Division would attack out of a village called uh, Pietek. Here again, the German defenders would mount a solid defense, and it would take most of the day before the village was free of German units. The biggest problem for the Polish attack is that while they were able to make some territorial gains on the second day of the attack— Almost without exception, the German units in front of them were bending and not breaking. They were able to retreat largely in order, usually only after slowing the Polish attacks. This prevented the Polish attack from turning into anything more than a slight adjustment to the front. As night fell, the views from the German side of the line were very different than they had been 24 hours before. Reinforcements were arriving from the south, and the German commander, General Baskowitz, would write, quote, We have succeeded in presenting the enemy who has crossed the Bezura with a united front. The crisis has passed. Even if the Germans were starting to think that the situation was in hand, the Polish troops were not done with their attacks. Kutsriba would give his order of the day, that the following day, the 11th, which would include this quote, the enemy is in retreat, he is withdrawing from the Warsaw area, and is encircled by us. In his rear, our fellow countrymen form rebellious gangs, revolt throughout the Poznan region, forward to total victory. End quote. On September 11th, the Polish efforts would be redoubled, with the addition of multiple divisions from Army Pomorsia. Two infantry divisions from the army would attack across the Bajura River near Wawicz and then attempt to continue south. But just south of the river, they would run into the German 10th Infantry Division, which would be able to stop the Polish advance. All along the front of the attack, Polish attacks began to run into German units that were being pushed forward to stop them. Blaskowitz would also begin to target specific areas of the front with counterattacks, with the German 17th Infantry Division pushing back the Polish 17th Infantry Division out of Zorkov. September 11th would also see the German units on the other side of Army Pomorsia come into play, with attacks against the western side of Army Pomorsia threatening the Bajura attacks which were pushing south. One of the reasons for the limited German response on September 11th was the general lack of mobile troops under Blaskowitz's command. Most of the armored and motorized units were committed to attacks towards Warsaw, and the German generals did not want to distract them from that effort. The limited number of armored units available were not enough to make a major difference. One German officer of the 23rd Panzer Regiment would record his experience during this day as saying, quote, Heavy fire from trees, from behind haystacks, from the left, from the right, from the front, struck our panzers, which advanced without halting. A murderous duel between our panzer and Polish anti-tank guns began. A Polish anti-tank gun situated behind the corner of a house was particularly dangerous. Even though one crew after another was killed as a result of our panzer's machine gun fire, again and again Polish soldiers jumped out of the house to man the gun. The last man to shoot and die at the gun was a Polish lieutenant. End quote. 
Overall, on September 11th, the Polish troops had still been able to make some headway in their attacks. They had captured a bit more territory and a few more villages, but resistance was clearly stiffening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Even before any major German counterattack occurred, the Luftwaffe would shift its focus from other areas of the front to the Polish troops near the Bajura. German fighters and bombers would begin to focus their efforts on attacking Polish troop movements behind the line, with these air attacks accelerating as the Polish units began to retreat from some of their gains made over the previous days. There were still a few Polish fighter squadrons flying over the attacks, and on the 12th they would be able to shoot down two German HE-111 bombers, but this was just a small fraction of the German aircraft that were active over the front. Kutsriba would write, quote, Every movement, every grouping, all of the routes of advance were subjected to a pounding from the air. Hell on earth had begun. The bridges were destroyed, the fords jammed, the columns waiting to cross destroyed by bombs. End quote. Polish attacks continued, though, but gains were becoming very costly. One attack by the 4th Infantry Division and the Cavalry Brigade would make very little headway after a full day of attacking the German 10th Infantry Division. The general slowdown of Polish advances and how costly any additional gains were becoming would push Kutsriba to move to the final phase of the attack. Over the following days, instead of continuing to push south, the Polish units would begin to push east, which would allow them to approach Warsaw from the west. Reaching the capital was not a sure thing, and if they were to reach Warsaw, they would have to make their way through a very narrow area south of the Vistula, which would require moving through the Campinos Forest. The Germans were not going to make this movement easy, though. The Luftwaffe would only increase its strength over the front, and on September 13th, additional German reinforcements, including armored and motorized units, would begin to arrive. When these units began to arrive, the German troops started their counterattack. The exact nature of this counterattack was different depending on where you were on the front. The general plan was simply to push the Polish units back from the gains they had made over the previous days. In some areas, the attack began as early as September 13th, but in others, it would have to wait several more days. The differences were generally dictated by specifically when specific reinforcements arrived. The two most important units were the 1st and 4th Panzer Divisions, which were diverted from other efforts specifically to deal with the new situation that had developed around the Bajura. 
While they were waiting for newly arriving units to position themselves for the counterattack effort, the German commanders also had to contend with the slight bit of confusion caused by units around the Bajura operation being from different army groups. Those on the northern side of the river were attached to Army Group North. Those on the south were Army Group South. Now, the German army groups were generally better at coordinating than the Polish armies had been, but such an arrangement always introduces some additional friction. The Polish units needed anything to give them even a slight advantage, though, because their time was running out by the hour. The German efforts would quickly cut off the possibility of a Polish retreat to Warsaw, leaving them fully surrounded. After September 14th and over the next few days, there was a general trend of Polish units losing ground as they tried to push east. There were some successes, even if they were fleeting. For example, there would be a stout defense against Panzer Regiment 35, which would cause the German regiment to lose a quarter of its tanks. But these types of defensive successes, even even if, you know, they, they were very good, were not what the Polish units needed. They needed offensive successes as they were pushing east. The Polish breakout attempts would come to a crescendo on the night of September 18th. During the night, most of the remaining Polish troops in the Bajura pocket attacked to the east in a final attempt to make it to the Campinos Forest. The forest was not large, less than 400 square kilometers, and it was not going to be easy for any army to move through it. It was an area between the Vistula and the Bajura rivers that was full of marshes and waterways and broken ground. But some units would be able to make it to the forest, and some would not and they would either be forced to surrender or continue a hopeless resistance the next day. One German officer would write that, quote, They're probably determined to give up their lives, but not their honor. We cannot deny them our admiration, end quote. But any resistance by September 19th for any units that were not actively pushing towards Warsaw was a hopeless effort that, that was eventually going to end. Other units would be able to stick together long enough to make it to cover, to the cover of the forest, but then some of them would not be able to hold it together once they got there. One Polish officer would write in a diary that the situation in his unit could be described as, quote, utter confusion among the men, dejection, tiredness, end quote. The high estimates are that 50,000 Polish troops would make it to the forest, but far less would make it out the other side and to Warsaw. Kutryba and several of his officers would make it through with various units, uh, but they were the lucky ones. Bortnowski and many of his troops would make it to the forest, only to be captured by German units over the following days. The exact number of Polish troops that died, were captured, or escaped the German encirclement is difficult to determine. The number of Polish troops who would be killed was probably around 16,000, but the biggest problem is how many Poles died during those final days of the attack. The exact number captured by the Germans is equally fuzzy. The German estimates, which is about all we have to go on, put the number at around 120,000 or maybe even higher. The German casualties were much lower, with the 8th Army suffering the greatest number at around 9,000, with only about 2,000 of those being killed. The vast majority of these German casualties came during the early days of the fighting when they were caught off guard by the Polish counterattack while most of the Polish casualties came on the other side of the counterattack in the final days as the German vice began to squeeze them and eventually overrun their positions. So keeping in mind those numbers, how can we evaluate the Polish counterattack? At the start of this attack, I mentioned that the Polish attack did not completely reshape the course of the campaign that was happening around it. But that doesn't mean it was not successful. 
It would draw the attention of 19 German divisions at a time when, in other areas of Poland, the biggest problem that many German units had was how far they could march in a day. The Bajura counterattack would also be one of the most successful Allied counterattacks up until, really, some point in the North Africa campaign in 1941. Although that comparison probably says a lot more about the events of 1940 than maybe the events in Poland in 1939. The casualty figures were massive, but there were no other options for the Polish units that found themselves trapped to the west of Warsaw after the first week of September. Those involved in the fighting would have their own evaluation. Kutsriba would later write that the attack could have achieved more if things had fallen a bit differently, and that it, quote, could have been won by us or at any rate ought not to have been lost so bloodily, end quote. In German evaluations of the fighting, they believed that if it had occurred a few days earlier, the results could have been very detrimental to their advance on the capital. Just a few days earlier, and it would have been more difficult to concentrate all of their reinforcements against the nine Polish divisions on the Missouri that the Germans would be able to sort of concentrate after September 9th. Overall, I think given the state of the Polish military by September 9th, um, and especially after that date, and its inability to even slow the German advance on many areas of the front, even the ability of the Bajura attack to buy a few days' time for Warsaw is almost a, a triumph. It at least caused the Germans to have to react to Polish actions. I hope you will join me next episode, in which we will continue to cover the German advance on the Polish capital.